You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield, and joining me here in person in our LA studio are Matt Kim. Hello. Justin Davis. Oop. And John Davison. Hello. I believe this is the first all... F- all-in-person, four-person episode we've done since the pandemic started in early 2020. Wow. Outside of like like special like summer of gaming and something like that. The first just regular old episode of GameScoop with all four people in the same room in three and a half years. <laughs> wow. So, very special event. What has gathered us here together for this very auspicious occasion? Well, it's 90s week at IGN. And when I was called upon to create content for 90s week at IGN, I said, well, obviously we're going to do Game of the Year Watch 90s edition each year of the decade, 90 to 99, we'll, we're going we're gonna to definitively select the best game uh, of each year of the entire decade. I'm it, just happy. I'm, I'm happy to finally put this to bed. I mean, yes. <laughs> this, this, is, this is definitive. This, yeah. is, like this is definitive, and we will not be taking questions at this time. So let, we got a lot to get through here, obviously. To get, get things on track, we need to stay focused. Uh, I've, all the release dates, I've gone by North American release dates just mm-hmm. to clarify all that and then i've tried to i, I want to avoid just trying to like have coming up with an exhaustive list of every awesome game of every year of the 90s or, or else we're never going to get through this so i've kind of tried to cull it down to just a handful of the games we would be discussing if ign were having its own game of the year awards so how are we going to do this you're going to you're going to give us a list and then we're going to debate them yeah yes all yeah. right like, uh, friendly friendly debate let's try to keep it civil in here although some of these are re- going to be really tough choices we begin in the year 1990, which means uh, eligible consoles were the NES, not the Super Nintendo, 
quite yet. Sega Genesis, Game Boy, TurboGrafx-16, and the <laughs> PC. I owned everything there. I, I owned all these consoles uh, in the 90s except a PC. I, we, my family didn't have a PC, so they're going to be a blind spot for me. I'm going to need other people okay. to sort of help out with PC games. Fine. Because yeah. growing up in England, I'm sort of the, uh, I'm the opposite. Yeah. We didn't have the NES in the UK, so that's my blind spot. Yep. So you can help out with the PC games yep. um, here. In 1990, uh, this little short list I put together was Mega Man 3, Final Fantasy on the NES, and Castlevania 3. On the NES and Game Boy, there was Dr. Mario. There was Bonk's Adventure on the TurboGrafx-16, which I, I do think is a serious contender. Bonk's Adventure is very good. I love Bonk's Adventure. And then there's Secret of Monkey Island on PC. Oh, that's Yeah. Cool. That would be my vote. Secret of Monkey Island? Yes. I, I might want to go with that too, but... There's some solid stuff, but I think there was... Uh, I mean, that, that genre was huge, yes. and it, but not at its peak yet. Mm. But Secret of Monkey Island was the beginning of defining that because there'd been all the Sierra stuff, so there'd been probably what oh the King's Quest V was also that year. Mm-hmm. So there'd been the Sierra had been kind of like <clears throat> refining that formula, and then Secret of Monkey Island came along, and it was genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't quite sort of like blossomed into having a unique art style yet because all of those point and click adventures looked basically very similar because just because of the graphics technology at the mm-hmm. time. The but it was the color palette. The color palette, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 16 colors, I think, back then. Um, but the writing is that was when like the, the quality of the writing became like a really noticeable thing. And Lucas, I mean, LucasArts, I think Loom was pre 90, which was the was only other one they'd done, the or it might have been around the same time. But like that, I think that was the beginning of the classic era for point and click mm-hmm. adventures. So, and obviously the franchise is still around today with the yeah. latest Monkey Island and the whole sea of, Thie- sea of Thieves thing they got going on. That is a really fantastic game. Uh, Matt, how about you? Any of these stand out to you? Uh, so I was born in '92. So '91 and '90 predated <laughs> me, uh, and I was not in existence during this time. And so uh, you, it's just still possible to play a, these yeah, games. But today. as a as a Ute, as a, which, of, <laughs> which of these, like you know, because like when I look at this list, like it's like the original Final Fantasy. I don't know if you named it. Actually. Right. I did, yes. Yeah. But that so like Final Fantasy One, right? Like it's actually still very playable. Still yep, I, I like that. Actually, all these games I mentioned, I would play today. The only game on that list that I played was Bonk's Adventure, and I love it. There that. you go. That's so good. And you you climb, you scale walls using your teeth. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Bonk things. You, yeah, you bonk. slam your head into every dinosaur. You're out to you're out to make the dinosaurs extinct. Yeah. So that's that has my vote only because that's the only one I played. I've been meaning to play Monkey Island forever. It's been on my list forever, and like they remade that game so many times that like there's a new version of it that I should pick up. It's pretty accessible. It's, and it's on there. It's I will get to it eventually. I would recommend for a game like Monkey Island, just fact your way through it, guide yeah, your way you through it. You still get like, to experience. Obviously, like purists will say, like, nah, you're losing. But it's like, <laughs> look, like, but you're there. You're there for the vibes and the mood and the music yeah. and the writing. And like, I think it, it's, it's been. 30 plus years you're allowed to just use a guide to just have yes. a good breezy time. I went and this isn't this isn't in that era but I went back to um Grim Fandango which is yeah. another one of those like puzzle type games. They're ridiculous to play. You can't you can't even play them. You have to make leaps of logic that just don't exist in the modern brain anymore, mm-hmm. you know? That's something Try to remember to speak into your microphone, or no uh, one's going to hear all these these juicy little all these thoughts. Don't yeah. don't look at me. I have to I be the speak into the microphone. <laughs> I'm the one that I have to be. I have to be the police. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I will be speaking here and only yeah. here. I think that something that interests me about this discussion is like you see, I've been a games journalist a long time and a gamer my whole life. 
like for decades, it was like Mega Man 2, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 2. That was the one, right? Like that was the Mega Man game. And like only in like recent, I would say I've seen over the last five or 10 years, sort of a groundswell of people that are like, well, actually Mega Man 3 is probably (laughs) better than 2. And like now it's really like the worm has really turned over the last, you know, but that's more of like a modern development. I don't, I'm not a Mega Man guy myself, so I can't speak to it either way, but that's just something that I've always found fascinating about the, the eight bit uh, Mega Man discourse. Yeah. I love both two and three hard for me to pick a favorite. And then Castlevania three is also great, but it's like, since those are like the third entries in the series, mm-hmm. I'd probably, I I'd lean more towards final fantasy. Like Justin was saying, uh, a really fun game still playable today that obviously is still, the franchise is still very relevant today. And like Final Fantasy was the game that introduced a lot of North American gamers to RPGs. Mm-hmm. It was the first Japanese RPG that I had played. So very significant and important there. But I also see the case for Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, that was also just, you know. How are we going to do this? Thing? Are we literally right. picking a winner? Nope, I mean, nope, nope. There are no rules. There are no rules. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like those two. I think those it's, I it's those personally. two either. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll allow a tie because what, what are we going to do? Fight Island to the death and, <laughs> and Final Fantasy. And Final Fantasy. Yeah. We did it. Look at that. I'm Look gonna, at how easy that was. I'm going to bold Cordial. them. I'm going to bold them. So All right. Cordial and diplomatic. Secret of Monkey Island. You wait until it gets later into the night. It's going to get less cordial. <laughs> Leap across the desk. Secret of Monkey Island and Final Fantasy, the best games of 1990. Look at that. In 1991, we can add the Super Nintendo, the Neo Geo, and the Philips CDI. Lol. Games yeah, I, think, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be anything on that. Like. Uh, games from that year include Super Mario World, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, no. Out of this world slash another world, mm-hmm. Civilization, and Street Fighter Two. Now, feel free to throw any others out there if you like. It's uh, just kind of the short list that I put together. Sim City was that year. Was Sim City that year? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. Actually, no. Sim City was on the SNES that year, wasn't it? Uh, Road Rash was that year. Okay. Road Rash. I never played Road Rash. And F Zero was also that year. Uh, and Monkey Island Two. And Monkey Island. Yeah, Monkey Island 2 was Man, also what was there. It? We were talking about this before we started recording. Like Back in the 90s, you could just have an incredible banger game, and then, and then one uh, year let's later, do another one. sequels out. <laughs> it's one of the greatest games of all time, casually just written and produced and coded and released and launched and marketed in one year. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Super Mario World, right? Yeah. Is anybody going to push back on that? I don't know. I mean, Civilization's probably up there, but I don't know. I think just I think Mario is probably... The purest. I mean, Sonic was that year as well, but I think Mario takes it. But yes. in terms of like Civ, so it's like Civ, like Civ Two, Civ Three. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like Civ Four actually. Yeah. Like Civ. Well, but and I'm also dated. Like I'm not like. I think it's one of those franchises of like whatever one you played first. It's like for me, Civ Three was the one I played first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but Civ One, I don't know. It's a little hard to go back to, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super Mario World. It's like it to this day. What thirty years later? Still in the hunt as like greatest 2D platformer of all time. Yep, yep. I'm more of a uh, Mario three guy myself, I think. But you know, what? Wait till we do 80s week. <laughs> well, then we'll talk about Mario three. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a perfect game uh, and the the perfect the got to be the best platform of the 90s. Unbeaten. Uh, the only game where so I was young at the time as I've been saying throughout this podcast uh but my like i had a friend who had like an older brother and he was the one who played <coughs> super mario world and he hogged the controller and i was a baby uh, i cried i cried uh, i wanted to play super <laughs> mario world so bad and he was like no 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 i'm not i'm not done yet now it was just controller hog yeah, who's no. laughing now now you get now you get played to play super <laughs> mario. You, can play, you can play as much as you want exactly no one can super stop mario world was the first game i played in my first full-time job 
Interesting. So okay. me Wait. and Alex Simmons at IGN yeah. UK oh. sat next to each other on a <laughs> weekly games magazine. And the week I started, we took delivery of, of a Japanese uh, SNES. And it, we had um, Super Mario World, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, and... Was it Pilot Wings? No, that was later, right? Wow. Uh, and Super That's Contra cartridges mm. and we put mario in first and it was just like oh wow this is this is going <laughs> well, to be amazing <laughs> yeah because you wouldn't have had much experience playing mario games before no, that would you not so. at all well or just like you don't know what like we've talked about on scoop many times at that era video games were just mythical things that arrived from <laughs> yeah. japan and yeah. like you yeah. didn't really like you'd maybe seen a postage stamp size <laughs> screenshot of it and you didn't and know I'd anything never, i'd never seen anything like it i mean it yeah. was just so it was just magical we, you did, so something to note here is that sometimes we don't know when a video game came out. Like, and not we being this panel, but like, just like no one knows when Super Mario Brothers 1 came out. Mm. It does not have a release date. Well, because there was also like a staggered launch of the NES right. yeah. you know, in North America too. And so like, so Street Fighter 2, like we have, two, we have a couple different spreadsheets that people are looking on mm-hmm. of like, was that 91 or was that 92? <laughs> like, it kind of depends. Like, are you considering Street Fighter 2 arcade? Yeah, the, the first time people could play Street Fighter 2 was 91, I believe, in the arcades. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I personally, like, Super Mario World would be my pick. But, like, Street Fighter 2 is, it's like, unbelievably important and good. <laughs> like my, my first exposure to Super, was Street Fighter 2 was on the SNES the following year. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it, like, Turbo? Or yeah. just they were yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I've, Street Fighter 2 is probably more cultural, culturally important than Super Mario World. Is that... True, you think? No, I would disagree. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm. Interesting. Well, I mean, but the thing is, Mario, like Mario World, is a perfect video game. Like it's it is, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But like it, it, it's the fourth 2D Mario game in a string of like eight 2D Mario games. Whereas yeah. like Street Fighter Two is like a cultural moment across the entire world. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's no, that's. I mean, only right. over I don't mind. know. I just I feel like <laughs> you know you tell me to like think of Mario and I immediately think of Super Mario World. Yeah, like I, sure. I know people like tend to. Go to the original, what, 89 NES one, you know, but I don't know. Well, sure. It'll be interesting to see how many years Nintendo can win in the 90s. We can give it, we can give it to both games again. It's true. You're, you want to give it to, you, do you feel that strongly about Street Fighter? No. Two? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to give it to Super Mario World. Yay. 1991. In 1992, we can add the Sega CD to our list of platforms. Ooh, Sewer Shark. (laughs) At least here include Sewer Shark, uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Super Mario Kart, Lemmings, I threw in there, Wolfenstein 3D, Streets of Rage 2, definitely one of the best brawlers of all time, and Mortal Kombat hit arcades. John, is there anything else from your list to uh, add? Yeah, there's a couple, right? So Alone in the Dark, which was kind of like, it started the genre that Resident Evil then kind of perfected. Mm-hmm. Uh, flashback, which was the follow-up to Out of This World, Another World, and was kind of like doing something. Um, another significant one, Dune 2 came out on PC, yeah, which on its RTS. own, which is the original RTS, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that, and there was Herzog's Vire on the Gen- Genesis, which it was kind of like a riff on. <laughs> and then a shout-out just to, this is not for serious consideration, but for our English listeners, mm-hmm. Championship Manager came out this year <laughs> and, uh, and changed a lot of lives. <laughs> Can you? You might have to explain. The Championship what that was. Manager is a a soccer, you know, a football management game um, that at the time was basically a bit like playing a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it caused divorces and all <laughs> kinds of things because it was. I mean, anyone anyone in the UK that had 
any affinity to football would play that game. And it, and it, I mean, it's still going strong. It's not called Championship Manager anymore. Uh, mm. It's called Football Manager. Um, it's still going strong, getting better and better every year. It's simulating leagues in football. Virtually every sports management game that's come since. Mm. There's a Formula One manager game now that is basically doing the DNA that was established back in 92. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's game of the year for us right now. But I think look, again, this year, and I think we're getting into a period over the next few years where every game that we're talking about is the sort of foundation for things that we are now, we are still playing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm here. I think Dune 2 definitely falls into that. Alone in the Dark falls into that. For me, to pick one here, I think when you've got Link to the Past and Mario Kart at the same time, yeah. that's a tough choice. Oh. For me, I think, it's, I, th I think Mario Kart takes this year. You think so? I th for, for me, because, I mean, Mario Kart 8 has now sold 58 million copies. That's true. It's crazy. Yeah. It, yes. I mean, you want a cultural phenomenon. That's one of the biggest selling games of all time. Yeah. I don't. I personally don't think that Mario, Super Mario Kart's very good. I don't think. I don't think that series got good until Mario Kart sixty four. Mm. Really? Well, yeah. today I would rather play A Link to the Past than the original Mario Kart. I think. Oh, for sure. So that's that's for me. And like you know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that Mario Kart on the SNES has aged very well. Like right. F Zero is still really fun. Like I just find Mario Kart kind of frustrating on a mm. personal level. All right. I think it look like I like the look of it. It looks cool, and I like the technology of like what they were able to pull off with it. But it's just not super fun to play today. I don't think. Matt, any, no, I, on I played it on the uh, I last time I played it was when the SNES Mini came out, and I mm -hmm. rolled through all the games, and that's when I played the Mario Kart version of that. And you're right, like it's just there's something about the the effects of the graphics that just doesn't translate these days anymore, you know? And it's like, I was crashing into the walls all the time because I just could not read the screen anymore. I think, I think there's, a, there's a point of semantics that we need to establish right now is, are we saying the game of the year for the year in the context of the year? Mm. Or are we saying game of the year now? Well, which do you prefer? I do think, like... Because my answer changes, depending on... Yeah. <laughs> let's say, if, you know, this is like a casual podcast. If yeah. IGN were making a list of the best games of the 90s today, it'd probably be from the perspective of helping people find games that are Go fun. Go back and play, play them now. Today. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, it's not Mario Kart, then. Right, I don't think so. I think so, it's probably Link to the Past. Link to I the Past is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's Nintendo. It's hard to, hard to compete with Nintendo in this area, right? At the time, I would have said Mario Kart. That's fair. Yeah. Link to the past. I have fond memories. So I did the thing. You can still do this to this day. If you wait, like I didn't get my Super Nintendo until maybe the year 2000, where it was like it had been out for a long, long, long time. And I got the console and like eight games and it was like 60 bucks for the whole thing. And then was just able to like, cause I was a Genesis kid growing up. Mm. And so then when I got the SNES, like playing through F zero and Mario world and link to the past and all that stuff, like back to back. Cause I got them all on the cheap. Like, it still remains one of my fondest gaming memories to this day. Yeah. Man, Link to the Past, it's good. I replayed it on uh, the Switch, and, like, yeah. you know, it's still, it's still just as good. Yep. All right, so we can give 1992 to Zelda a link. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. 
And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. To the past. In 1993, you can add the Atari Jaguar and the 3DO. Good. Though I don't know how oh, many of those okay. games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, another Zelda. If anyone want to make a case for that, <laughs> we have uh, another Zelda game that year. Zelda Link's Awakening was that year. Mm-hmm. Mist on PC. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, I, it was a I big thing. I really hated that game. You're always, you always hated it. Wow. It's been like, well, so, you know, like the mist that we got in 1993 is very different than the mist. I'm assuming you can download and play it on Steam. But like they've, like you said earlier, Matt, Matt like they remade it so many times. Like yeah. there's a fully 3D version now, whereas back then it was screenshots. Like literally like clicking through screenshots and clicking on things was how that game was released. Yeah. On Genesis, there was Disney's Aladdin and Gunstar Heroes, which we were talking about before we started taping in the first treasure game. The game that out contraed Contra. On PC, there was Doom and Day of the Tentacle. On Super Nintendo, there was Secret of Mana and Super Mario All-Stars. I don't know if we should consider that one since it's a mm. remake. I don't know. For what it's worth, EGM picked Samurai Showdown as Game of the Year that year. Oh. Oh. Well before my time. Uh, this year was a banger year for PC. There's some, there's some PC games that, that you didn't mention. Throw them in there. X-Wing, which was, that was a, that was a, oh my God moment on PC. Mm-hmm. First time we saw that. Syndicate, which not everyone remembers. It was a bullfrog game, but it was like a, 
distant, distant precursor to cyberpunk in a way, and that it was like, you know, cybernetic, futuristic, like, it was a isometric, I don't know how you'd characterize it, it was sort of a shooter, sort of an RPG, but it was, it was, you know, pretty foundational. Uh, Master of Orion, which if you're a strategy game nerd, that game has sort of gone on, and people are still very passionate about that today. So LucasArts had two games this year, Day of the Tentacle, mm-hmm. And Sam and Max hit the road. Mm-hmm. They were so good. Man, LucasArts was so good. They were on fire at this point. Yep. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I might, I might want to give it to Doom. It's got to be Doom. Doom, Doom. Doom. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it to Doom. Because, not, I mean, not only was it super influential and uh, a huge phenomenon, it's still super fun to play today, I think. Yeah. I can play Doom and Doom. It still works Doom today. Yeah. And it all, not only did it change so much about game. I mean, there had been 3D games in one way or another, there were... Um, Wolfenstein, you know, like... Wolfenstein had been before it. Yeah. Uh, Marathon was before it. I think Ultimate Underworld was mm-hmm. predates this. So there was, you know... But this was refining it. Also, the way it was distributed, right? A lot of the way that people got shareware. to play... It was shareware. Yeah. Like, you got a disc and, and, you know, and you got to try it out. So there was, you know... Games were not the same again after this. Yep. What year was this? They were in 93? 93 now. And so I think that there's a long and storied history of kids that are way too young, like including me. I would have been, I would have been eight. <laughs> like yeah. eight-year-old Justin getting his hands on <laughs> shareware, Doom, and just having the time of his life. Um, and, you know, and as has been mentioned on this show, like I did play the game when I was a kid, but like my real memory of like I'm gonna do Doom from like you know opening to ending was on the Xbox 360. Actually, it was on XBLA. Mm. When you played it in '93, did it feel like forbidden? It did feel forbidden. It was pretty violent. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and the fact that there was no like you know your parents didn't know what you were doing on the computer. Like <laughs> it's like, and um, and it was very generous. Like you got a whole epi- you got like a whole ten levels. Like the whole first episode mm-hmm. of that game was free with shareware. And I was like, oh, like now I gotta buy it. <laughs> and then it came on, I think, six floppy disks. Wow. Yeah. It had to be installed. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of think like the one two punch of Mortal Kombat in ninety two and then Doom in ninety three kind of legitimized violent games in terms of Yeah. It was like the first games that were violent and gory, but they also had like rock solid game mechanics underneath. Right. Well, because there's like, you know, there's like Death Race and other violent games yeah. earlier than that. But the visual fidelity was getting to a point where, I mean, look, like Congress <laughs> paid attention, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it formed the ESRB. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot, I mentioned next week. Did we mention, I can't remember. Did you mention Star Fox? Because that was this year as well. I didn't mention Star Fox. I, do, I don't personally want to play Star Fox today. I um, think it was like the technology have, was cool at the time. I, I haven't played it forever. I have fond memories of it. But I think the fondness comes from... That sort of this was the dawn of 3D was yeah, starting yeah. around right now. And yeah. Star Fox, remember, it was the, one of the first things where there was additional hardware in the yeah. cartridge. Yeah. Because there was no way a SNES could do that without help, right? And then Gen- Genesis also, they put a chip in uh, virtual racing later on, which was the same kind of thing. What was the one on? It was Super FX, it was called mm-hmm. on Super on FX chip, right? Yeah. yeah. It was it was probably not a great game, but I remember being yeah. wowed by it for reasons that we don't get to experience anymore. I know. Right? Yeah, I do have a vivid memory of like being at a birthday party and they had Star Flox <laughs> and being like, "What is? This? <laughs> what am I seeing?" Yeah, um, I don't know, Matt. Any any sort of uh, not for so I'm feelings any other way. Doom, I didn't play until years and years later, but it was kind of funny how, like, Doom came out in 93, but it did, like, define the sort of, like, aesthetics of my childhood, you know, when I was young and watching, you know, stuff like The Simpsons and, like, other cartoons, like, the games that they would parody and, like, the cartoons I would watch was Doom, and so they would just, and, like, and so Doom was, like, 
ever present where where I was around. Uh, the only and I didn't play that again. I played that like years and years later. But the game that I probably played closest to that era would be the Disney Aladdin platformer game, which. Mm-hmm rocks it does it does rock yeah i did rock. see damon i don't know if you did that on, on purpose but you only mentioned the genesis version not well it's the, just it's the better one right it's the better one right well that's what the, but that's a, that's not a universally held opinion that's certainly my opinion but it was it was beautiful and huh? is still beautiful yeah yeah that was that was like my cousins who are much more casual gamers than me they loved oh so genesis, fun uh disney's so we, can, we feel good about giving it to Doom. Yes. In, yes. 1993 goes to Doom. Oh, yeah. A couple other notes. The highest grossing arcade game in the U.S. in 93 was NBA Jam. Ooh. And then, John, the best-selling PC game of 93 in North America was Seventh Guest. Oh. That's another one like Mist where um, it was fine. <laughs> um, was I, I mean, I remember it fondly more from a professional thing and that because yeah. it was remarkable because it was this was also the beginning of cd-rom right? right and exactly and they didn't know what to do with all this storage right because we yeah. still weren't really installed i mean you mentioned six disc for doom and you said install it we weren't installing it we were swapping discs mm. Mm. like i mean a lot of a lot of computers like particularly if you had an amiga or an st rather than a pc there was no hard drive at all it was literally just <laughs> hot swapping discs the game would say okay now put the other disc in i'm gonna load the next part for you and it would take a while yeah so we reached 1994. We can add the 32X on there. In, a, in my research for this, I saw that at CES in January of 1994, Nintendo issued a press release where they declared 1994 the year of the cartridge. Oh. Which is right. a little bit uh, random, but maybe they were worried about the upcoming disk-based platforms like uh, PlayStation and Sega Saturn. Or, or CD, PC CD-ROMs. Or, yeah, yeah. Yep. That too. Yeah. Um, so the games this year include Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. That was the best-selling game of the year, by the way. Also, Donkey Kong 94 on Game Boy, which is just a, such a banger. Uh, Final Fantasy 3-6 on Super Nintendo. Super Metroid, Mega Man X. Uh, there was Doom 2 on PC, including in, as well as XCOM, UFO Defense, and System Shock, Warcraft, and Wing Commander 3. Uh, also, hard. also, make it harder, TIE Fighter. Ooh. Which was better than X-Wing. Wow. <laughs> um, you mentioned XCOM, right? Uh, oh, Elder Scrolls Arena was also this year. First, so First Elder Scrolls. First Elder Scrolls was, game. Wait, was the first Elder Scrolls a multiplayer game? No, no it's okay. just called that. It's just called okay. Arena. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else was this year? You mentioned System Shock, right? System Shock, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good year. I, I mean, I think I know what Justin will pick. Well, I mean, yeah, my favorite game of all time is Super Metroid, so we don't need to belabor the point. But, like, there is, like, look, like, you know, Warcraft is a really important game. Like, Final Fantasy VI is a really important game. Even the original XCOM is, like, a really important game. Um, Oh, look at that Super Metroid footage. It's so good. So Super Metroid, obviously, incredible game. Still super fun to play today. Very influential. Metroidvanias are a, a huge thing right now. So I could see it going to that. But I'm curious what John would pick this year. I personally, for me, it's Warcraft, but I can appreciate the Super Metroid mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, this is making me seem like much more of a hardcore PC head than I actually am. <laughs> but, um, but like, I mean, for, for me at the time, this was a period of my life where PC was like, I was working on a PC magazine in, yeah. in London. So like a lot of this stuff, like the, f- the first game I ever put on the cover of the PC mag that I ran was System Shock. Mm. So I have very fond memories of that game. Um, 
the, the new one, the, the the sort of remake that just came out is actually yeah. very, very good. Yeah, if you've I was, tried I was it, you, you can pick it up reasonably cheap on Steam. It's definitely worth playing because you can see how it informed so many other things that have come since and like seeing it refreshed and like running at a good resolution with like nice graphic effects and stuff. But like, I mean, if you go back, it's still, it's still great. I mean, this is... One of the first examples of kind of like subversive storytelling yeah. in games and, and definitely immersive storytelling, like immersive Sims, like we were at the, maybe not the peak of that era, but like Deus Ex and all this stuff that like many people on this panel and many listeners is kind of like their favorite style yeah. of game to play. All I mean, what Arcane is best known for mm-hmm. began then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt, what do you think? Uh, the only game here I played was Super Metroid, and luckily it's the best one, so I don't know, that's all my thoughts. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Uh, Super Metroid I didn't actually beat when I was a kid because it was really hard for me, like I was a child and it was a really tough game. I actually didn't beat that until college, mm. and I, I went back and, and played it on uh, through legal means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played, I go back and play it. Maybe not quite once a year, but like the game when you know the first time you play it, the world just seems impossibly large and you're wandering all around and you're lost and it takes you weeks. But like the game itself is pretty compact. Like it's about a three hour game if you know what you're doing. And like, you know, one sitting, like one evening, I'll get the itch. All right, Super Metroid night. Let's go. So (laughs) is it all muscle memory for you now? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't get lost. Like I'll know, I know where I'm going. Or even if I forget, I sort of like have an inkling and then obviously I'm proven right um, because I've done it a million (laughs) times. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything to add. Like it's actually, it's another example of like my appreciation for it has like grown and changed over the years in different ways. Um, like I've actually grown to appreciate how kind of atmospheric and the mm. atmospheric storytelling I think in this game is underrated. Like if you're watching the video version of scoop right now, the area that Samus is going through is the end of Metroid one and mm-hmm. it's all wrecked up and destroyed. And it's like, I didn't, all of that was lost on me when I was a oh, kid. Oh yeah, Me too. And but then you start to pick up on that stuff, and then it just makes it all the better. Yeah, I mean, even then, I'm like an avid fan of watching the Games Done Quick live streams every mm-hmm. year, and like I always tune in for the Super Metroid finale. Yeah. Like it's a annual thing, you know. Yeah. It's like the first speed game. Well, maybe not literally, but like it's up there. Yeah. Uh, well, John, if you can if you can seed Super Metroid, you'll have a chance to honor Warcraft two in the next the year. Following. I'm yeah. I'm good. I'm look, look. I mean, there's no denying Super Metroid is fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Super Metroid for 1994. In 1995, we had the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, and the Virtual Virtual Boy. (laughs) Not sure how many Virtual Boy games we'll be discussing here. But in 1995, we did have both Warcraft 2 and Command & Conquer. Wow. On the Super Nintendo, there was Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, and Yoshi's Island. Which, you notice in the last couple years, we kind of see the Sega Genesis games dropping off. We Mm -hmm. We haven't been nominating as yeah, many Sega Genesis games. The Genesis had the Genesis had, you know, an incredible library of good games. But like as the years, the decades have passed, it had fewer and fewer sort of like ten out of ten superlative, just incredible games. Right? Like it had hundreds of like eight out of ten great games to play as a kid, but like few that like stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, EGM gave Game of the Year that year to Twisted Metal. Oh. The PlayStation. Old choice. <laughs> sure. Best-selling game of the year were the console versions of Mortal Kombat 3. Wow. So, also that year, Panzer Dragoon. Mm-hmm. I've actually never played that. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. Um, Descent, which if you ever want to make yourself ill, is a great game. <laughs> wow. Mm. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. It was, the oh, first, yeah. it was the first 3D shooter that had like all planes. You were like in a ship yeah. moving through tunnels and it was like all planes. It was actual 3D instead yeah. of Doom's 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you might be, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because there were, there were, this is one of those games where no one seems to know specifically Earthbound was this year, we I believe. I thought, well, I had it in last year. Yeah, it is this year. It is yeah. on this yeah. year. Okay. Um, also, Hexen. Ooh. <clears throat> um... You you went through all the PlayStation One games that came out, right? Ridge Racer. Yeah, I don't. Wipeout, Tekken. Yeah, I wouldn't nominate no. any of those for Game of the Year. It took it took PS One a year yeah. to yeah. to sort of. I mean, the, the following year it'll get Tomb Raider, uh, Resident Evil, Dark Forces was this year. Okay, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and you said Command and Conquer, and then I mean, just proving that Lucas Arts could throw out a banger every year. Full Throttle was this year. Full Throttle, yeah. Mark Hamill voicing. Mm-hmm. We were starting to get into celebrity voices in uh, LucasArts <laughs> games at this point. I can remember there was this the previous year. We didn't mention it, but in '94, Wing Commander Three came out. Uh, that Mark Hamill was in that, mm. and at the time, I don't think I'd seen Mark Hamill in anything that wasn't Star uh, Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not many people had. Well, and John, do you think uh, is it Warcraft Two this year, or is it something else? For me, I think it's either Warcraft Two or Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer was so good. It was so good. I, I like my memories of like because I played I like RTS games. That was my jam through like the mid nineties. Um, but it's like Red Alert, right? It's yeah. It's like Command and Conquer Red and Two, and then they had this side franchise called Red Alert that was more Cold War based and sillier. And I always and it had those uh, Tim Curry was it? yeah <laughs> yeah made no sense. It was great. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm gonna um, Warcraft two. Same. <coughs> Same. Yeah, that's I I I, I could totally see Warcraft two uh, um, being the pick. I think we should address Yoshi's Island mm. for the the Nintendo fans and the okay. console gamers out there. I don't I don't love Yoshi's Island. Really? That's yeah. interesting. I think that the gameplay. I think this is such a weird ticky tacky complaint, but like the the you know it's so gorgeous and pretty, and the platforming feels so tight, and then the gameplay feels very stop and go as you stop to shoot eggs, and it kind of bugs mm-hmm. me. Um, although I did for many many years, I owned TouchFuzzyGetDizzy.com <laughs> as a direct reference to this game. You owned one TouchFuzzyGetDizzy.com, which is a it's a Yoshi <laughs> Island okay. meme, and it just had it was like one of those meme websites where like you would go there and it would just play the song and have like the wavy thing, and that was that was the best period of the internet as well. Yeah, Did you make any money out of that? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was unmonetized. <clears throat> Um, no, Warcraft 2. It's funny, like, going through this episode, I'm having these memories. Like, I told you, I had the birthday party memory. Like, mm-hmm. I have a memory of going to some, you know, I'm so what, 94, I'm 9, right? Mm-hmm. And I, my parents... You stop doing that. Sorry. <laughs> my, well, because it's also for me to understand, because you can't trust your own memory, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, wait a second, how old was I? I got drug along to some adult party where I'm the only kid there, and I'm bored, and I don't know any. I don't know where I am or who these people are because that's what life is like as a kid. You just <laughs> show up. Later. You just have to go where your parents yeah. take you. And like, and I remember they ended up dumping me. They're like, "There's a computer downstairs," <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my!" Like, and that's like whoever. I, again, I have no idea whose house this was, but like they had Warcraft and they had all these games, and just getting into Warcraft two and being exposed to that, like. Because again, like I can't stress enough to people that are listening to this show, like you didn't, you didn't like things would just you wouldn't know anything about what you were clicking on or what you were doing. It would just appear, and then you'd have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And like that was my exposure to Warcraft too. And then I remember in my nine-year-old brain being like, I have to remember what this is, so that like. 
10 months from now, I can put it on my like Christmas list. Right. Like, so then I'm like trying to like furiously write down like Warcraft two. So yeah, that's definitely my vote. Yeah. All my friends, I was in high school, all my friends that had computers, they were all playing Warcraft two obsessively. Matt, would you try to argue for something else? No, so this is actually a really weird year for me because I, other than Yoshi's Island, like I've played none of these games, not even like when I was younger, not even as an adult. So like this is kind of like really out of my wheelhouse, except one thing about Earthbound. uh, It's the only recurring part of my life currently because the creator of Earthbound, Shigesto Itoi, Itoi, Mm -hmm. I think his last name, he founded a stationary company, stationary and lifestyle company at some point. And he makes really good planners that I buy every year. They're Ooh. like my yearly planner that I buy that like I keep track of like my meetings and notes in. Cool. So, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> and also thanks for Earthbound. And thanks for, <laughs> Earthbound. for Earthbound, yeah. A good game, I hear. S- some other people would probably choose Chrono Trigger as well. Oh, that's a good... We really glossed oh. over oh, Chrono yeah. Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, like, look, I love Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I don't love it as much like i feel like chrono trigger and final fantasy 6 was always like mm-hmm. the big two for a long time and i was personally always more of a final fantasy 6 guy mm-hmm. as we go into the next year i think we need to acknowledge that this is the first really difficult one they're getting 96 they're yeah. getting worse as we go it's getting it's gonna get this one is is to think that we lived through this year and this much amazing happened all at once like as we were as we were doing the research for this, I was and I was I was putting some of this. I, I was like, that was all the same year. Yeah, so the, we get the Nintendo sixty four this year, which means we get Mario sixty four. But we also got Super Mario RPG on the Super Nintendo. Uh, on PC, there was Civilization two and Command and Conquer Red Alert. On the PlayStation, that was when things started to pick up for it. We had Tomb Raider and Resident Evil. And John, what else do you want to shout out? I think possibly. One of the most influential games of all time came out this year, Quake. Mm. I thought for all the world, the, you were about to say Pokemon. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, Pokemon oh, as well, but I think there is so much about modern game design yeah. that owes everything to Quake. Yeah, sure. For, for example, I've never played Quake. So, for example. Mm. So, I mean, full mouse look, full 3D, mm. um, arena-based play, like the foundations of basically every multiplayer shooter that you can still play to this day owes a debt of gratitude to the designer Quake. It's, it. like, it's like, it's possibly one of the most important games. I mean, more than Doom. I mean, Doom kind of laid the groundwork. And technically at the time, they were talking about Quake as sort of an indirect sequel to Doom. Mm-hmm. It was sort of pitched as kind of Doom 3. Um, it was just astonishing. And on top of that, Trent Reznor did the soundtrack <laughs> and the sound effects. When you hear the guy going, that's Trent Reznor. <laughs> cool. Before he was doing uh, movie scoring there, I guess. But I think, I mean, Tomb Raider was such a big deal that year. That was unlike anything we'd ever seen. Resident Evil was unlike anything we'd ever seen. Um, I think this might be a year where we have to do Super Mario 64 and. Mm-hmm. Because... To just zero in on that does a disservice to everything else that's on this list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Mario 64 introduced a lot of people, myself included, to 3D gaming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, I... And in a way that didn't make you want to puke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's maybe the last time until VR that like I just remember being absolutely blown away by like what was happening and what I was seeing. And like there's been really beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievable video game experiences since, but like playing something that just felt impossible. Like like again, like think picture Super Mario 64 in your head or if you're watching the show right now, watch it and understand that one year prior, like console games were 2D, right? Like and then you got this. Like it just felt unbelievable. 
So I think you're right about Mario 64 and, in my opinion, because Mario 64 is overwhelmingly my first choice for 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many good other options. What else would you give it to then, John? Uh, for me, I think it's Mario 64 and Quake, although, uh, I mean, there's some, there's some pretty awesome stuff on here. Um, would you, know. you like to play Quake today? I would play Quake today. Okay. Absolutely. Matt? This is a tough year. Uh, let's see. I mean... Pokemon Red and Blue is on here, but I believe that didn't come out to America for next year. I guess it's 98. 98, oh, okay. So yeah. that would be that would have been my choice if it was here, but no. Uh, probably, I don't know. Let's see. I fought, I physically fought my cousin over Crash Bandicoot. So <laughs> we would, oh, wow. We would try to get the controller from each other once uh, once we died. So that has fond memories. I don't think it holds up today, though. Uh, Soul Edge, I love Soul Calibur when that came out, but Soul Edge was before that. And mm-hmm. eh, yeah, I don't know. Mario 64 is pretty good. I would maybe give it to Resident Evil only because it's my one of my favorite game series of all time. Well, but so the first one is a little bit a little rough. Funky, yeah. a little and rough. they game remade key, it, yeah. and that version's. I would. I'd rather play the remake. Yes. Likewise. Just gonna say like Resident Evil One, Tomb Raider One are a little bit odd in this era. I mean that's a little bit of a technicality, but just like this era of um like I don't even think the DualShock controller was out yeah, yet. No, it wasn't. So it took a while for the PlayStation to mature <laughs> into kind of the beloved hit making console that it would, you know, turn yeah. into. Like Tomb Raider was really, really fun at the time, but like you had to be like Right, because of the controls, like you had to like line your jumps up perfectly and time your the steps she was taking, or else you would just, you're not going to make that jump, right? Tomb Raider was one of the first games. Well, actually, it was more when it was on. I think I played it on. I might have played it on PlayStation before I played it on PC, but I can remember um, dating a girl and Tomb Raider being the first game that when I was playing she actually wanted to watch and and mm. sort of participate in some way mm-hmm. and i mean part of it was it was a female protagonist but there was something about it was about it i think people remember it as being running around and shooting but it was actually like it was a puzzle, big yeah. spatial reasoning puzzle game yeah. that like some of the rooms were really spectacular and you're thinking about moving these and what the technology was at the time i mean it was one of the first games that i think it required a 3d accelerator card on mm-hmm. pc maybe and then i mean playstation it was obviously that was one of the big things on playstation it was like hey this thing that needs like all this like additional stuff on pc the playstation just does it right yeah, I mean, I think you're. I also think, like, as you're talking about uh, sort of extending its outward from just core gamers, it may be an underrated legacy of the original Tomb Raider is that it's fairly cinematic in its yeah. gameplay. And, you know, obviously we talked about Red Alert and some of the FMV, like, there'd been full motion video cutscenes in video games mm-hmm. in a while, but from a gameplay design and like a globe trotting adventure standpoint, like, you know, like video games are still that to this day. And I don't know that people think about Tomb Raider as much in that context, maybe. Mm -hmm. So we feel good about Mario 64 and Quake? For me, yeah. I mean, it feels like a cop-out picking shit, too, honestly, but... This is a podcast. Who cares? (laughs) We do whatever we want. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Okay, 1997 would bring us to Final Fantasy VII. Symphony of the Night, which Whoa. I'm just going to put out. That's what that's going to be my vote. Mm-hmm. GoldenEye on um, Nintendo 64. We can have a conversation about that. <laughs> Gran Turismo was on PlayStation, and then Diablo was on PC. Uh, oh, uh. <laughs> I mean, it's a great year. Also, there's, there's, there's um, a lot of other stuff, too. Jedi Knight, which I think a lot of people remember more than the original Dark Forces. Mm. Um, Dungeon Keeper, which was very influential as it was one of the first games that really allowed you to play as the bad guy mm-hmm. and like i mean to this day like meet your maker is basically a riff on dungeon keeper in a lot of ways um 
a little more obscure blast core was this year which was a cool game on uh, on uh, n64 mm-hmm. the original fallout was this year oh um it was isometric yeah yep. uh star fox 64 which was the you know i probably superior star fox <laughs> definitely uh and the curse of monkey island uh, yet again, LucasArts throwing out another banger. Yep. <laughs> um, now, if you were super into real-time strategy games, I can remember at this time there was a pretty significant um, sort of culture war between people that liked Total Annihilation and people that liked Warcraft. Mm. Total Annihilation was another, but it was one of the first... Some of the things on screen were polygonal, <laughs> and you could move the environment a little more. I don't remember. It was Total Annihilation. I, is that the one that's claimed to fame? Was there was just thousands of units on There were screen? thousands more, of units, more... but your core... It was one of the first things where instead of setting up a base, your base was a giant robot that walked around, oh. and wherever you settled him down, you right. pl- plop stuff down on the environment. Yeah. Um, probably not a pick for Game of the Year, but again, it was, I think it's indicative of this is a period where things that we now take for granted in genres were starting to show up at this point. Mm-hmm. And Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing, and another Crash Bandicoot, because from this yeah. this period, we got one every year. Yeah, I would pick Symphony of the Night. Uh, perfect video game. It, it plays, looks, and sounds amazing. Uh, still super fun to play today. It's like, I think it's still the best Metroidvania game probably ever made. But I would like to hear ar- arguments otherwise. This is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I will not be voting for GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. I, I, we had a really weird moment at IGN where I, when I was running features at the time, it was Nintendo's 125th anniversary, and um, I had the bright idea to do Let's Plays of all 125 games. Um, <laughs> what, what 125 games? We picked, oh, we picked the top 100. So oh. it was a double, we, we picked the top 125 uh, Nintendo games ever made. And then we also did Let's Plays of all 125 of them, which, in hindsight, but, we, we needn't have But now bothered. we've got a lot of B-roll for Nintendo games. We, and that is true. That B-roll, I will say, that B-roll does Comes get in. used to this day. Yeah. Um, we use it all the time. And I remember, like, the whole staff was like, can't wait for that GoldenEye Let's Play. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so good. And we hooked up N64, and, like, that game is unplayable. <laughs> like, it runs at eight frames per second, yeah. and no one remembers that the controls, the default control scheme is, like, stop. Like, you have to aim. I can't even describe how it works because it's insane how it works like and i play i've never i've never experienced more cognitive dissonance in my life of like my memories of like this is one of the greatest most fun video games ever made and be like oh my god like i can't i can't do this anymore in the 2020s is there a game with a greater discrepancy like that than goldeneye like if if people remember goldeneye is like pretty fun game to play and you know that'd be fine but like people consider it a masterpiece i played that game for a thousand hours is it like with my friends people don't know that perfect dark is a better game (laughs) it is perfect dark is a better game like that chasm is huge between the the memory of that game versus the actual quality of that game and i don't know if any game from the 90s has that big a gap between quality there's some stuff this year, like, you know, obviously Diablo is one of the greatest of all time. Like, but then there's Diablo 2. Yeah. You know, so there's some stuff where it's like, all this, you know, the sequel, like, just outshines it. This was a year when the PlayStation was really, we were really starting to see what it was capable of. Like, Gran Turismo was, I mean, if you cast your mind back, Gran Turismo was unbelievable, mm-hmm. like, what it did. And, like, I mean, that number of cars and tracks in a game was just unfathomable at the mm-hmm. time. And I'm a big car nerd, so that, that, but I think. And I would, I would probably still go back and play it. Diablo, I think, is the first game I ever felt like I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you know that that little feedback loop that they built even even back then where it's it's a very it's a very trimmed out like compared to what Diablo 4 is doing it's very very minimal but like I'd played a bunch of you know sort of you know uh, top down role playing games of various kinds over the year but Diablo was doing something that I'd never seen before and I can remember playing it at the office when I was working on PC Zone and all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock at night <laughs> right and where did the time go and I think even going back now, I mean, it looks it looks pretty simplistic compared to modern game, but it still kind of holds up because that core loop is mm-hmm. still. I mean, it's it's a lot of clicking, but it's 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 still awesome. What do you think, Justin? I mean, I don't know. Like like I said, I would take Diablo two over Diablo. I would take Fallout two over Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, which that that one's a little bit less popular opinion, actually. So, I mean, I, I give it I give it to Symphony, but that's you know that's my second favorite game of all time. So, <laughs> you know. Um, you have a thing. And, uh, <laughs> I mean. Well, it, the pattern doesn't hold. Back, <laughs> but like, the the one-two punch of Super Metroid and Symphony of the Night are pretty tough to dislodge mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. There are two games that make up Metroidvania, and they're both in the title. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, I don't. I mean, the fact that like I, the moment we've been talking about, I'm like, I want to go home and play Castlevania. So yeah. I feel like that's sort of it. Yeah, that's another one. I don't replay it annually, but I do replay that game. Actually, honestly, half of the soundtrack. I mean, (laughs) yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. I I try to play it every Halloween. I don't know. Have we convinced you, John, or is it still Diablo? I mean, for me, it's for me personally, it's Diablo. I I have a sort of academic appreciation of Symphony of the Night, but I've never been able to get into it. Mm. We did, like, I did Final Fantasy VII. I'm a known Final Fantasy VII. I mean, hater is too strong of a word. When, like, whenever I'm hating on it, just it's, it's half a joke, just so Scoop Nation is aware of that. Like, it's a great role-playing game, but I don't, I don't, my affinity is for nine, mm. right? Like, out of that era, that trilogy of Final Fantasies, and I, I don't find seven to be anything particularly special, but in the same way that uh, just its influence, like, you know, that was, the, that was the first video game I can remember there being television commercials on, like, primetime TV. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a huge... You couldn't really overstate how big it was. the first Final Fantasy I ever played. Uh, for, yeah, a lot of people, right? Yeah, Seven was great. That might have been the first one I played. No, I played one. But, like, and then I didn't play the SNES ones till later. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think they just made better Final Fantasy games after Seven. Uh, but, like, replaying it recently, I think the main thing about it is, like, I can totally see how this was, like, a blockbuster event in 97, you know? Yeah. Like, it was, like, even now, some of the stuff that they're doing, I'm, like, really impressed that they actually pulled it off on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. you know? FMV was really good. It came on three discs, mm-hmm. which was feeling, like, mythical. And, like, it just felt like the experience of, like, like the cover felt really classy. It had this, mm-hmm. like, white you know, white art style on the cover of the game. And, you know, in Metal Gear, there'd be other games that would do similar sort of mm-hmm. vibes, but it just felt like a different caliber of product at that time. I'm going to give 1997 the Symphony of the Night with an asterisk on Diablo. All right. <laughs> 1998, uh, the Game Boy Color was introduced. Also, we got... Ocarina of Time, which for a long time, it was just sort of generally accepted that that was the best video game ever made. (laughs) But that year we got Half-Life. Our producer Tom says Half-Life is his pick for the number one game of the entire decade. It created a template for cinematic experiential storytelling games that we're still following today, and I agree with that. But 98 was also Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil 2, Tekken 3. Starcraft, Banjo Kazooie, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue uh, came to the ass. I know, I know, Stop, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Unreal was also this year. Oh, God. Yeah, 98. 
Xenogears, which I have very fond memories of. Yeah, that game went over my head as a youth, <laughs> and I never and I haven't gone back to it. Yeah. Well, so first of all, it's like Ocarina isn't held up to the same. Uh, it's not put on the same pedestal today as it was ten or fifteen years ago, is it? I was assuming going into this conversation that even though this list is of great games this year is very long, <laughs> that it was kind of like that's the one you kind of have to do. But I'm with Tom. I, I think Half Life is. I I might go with Half Life too. I think I mean, Half Life also, because it still holds up. Yep. Um, there are still moments in it that that you know if you don't remember bits of the story, it 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 when it surpri- it doesn't just surprise you once or twice. It goes through a number of things where like, oh my god, I forgot it did that. Yeah. There's a final act in that game. That yeah. Like goes, <laughs> that goes places. I'm yeah. gonna put forward Metal Gear Solid One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you ask me back then what my favorite game of that year would be, it would have been Ocarina of Time. But now, as I'm older and I've played through all the Metal Gear Solid games, like, I've played Metal Gear Solid 1, I think, 2021 for the first time, because I actually started with 2, or 3, rather. And there's something modern about MGS1, but I don't know if it's because it was so ahead of its time back then that everyone copied it, and so all the games afterwards were just Mm -hmm. copying MGS1, or if it's, like, was so well-made at the time that it it became timeless. Mm-hmm. It's hard I, to tell, but I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Like, there's definitely stuff in that game of like, you know, the guards follow your footprints mm-hmm. in the snow. That like, you know, in 2023, like, of course they do. But mm-hmm. back then, you're like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like the not like the knocking and coughing to like, you know, get them get the noise mm-hmm. and have and distract them. The smoking cigarettes to make the reveal laser the reveal itself. Even thematically, though, you know, like the stuff yeah. that they were talking about about like nuclear weapons and stuff yeah. like that. Like that stuff is still happening today. It's you like know? the like the dark. Chief Donald Anderson. It's like DARP is a real thing. Yeah, that's a real government agency that exists. So the the Dual Shock was already out at this point, but did Metal Gear require? I'm like thinking about the actual feel of playing it because it had that weird interface where you had to pop the things out in the corner. Mm. Were we playing that with a D pad, or was that were we was it was it dual thumbsticks at that point? You probably had the dual thumbsticks by then. The Dual Shock came out for Gran Turismo the year before, right? I think. Well, it did, it did that thing with Psycho Man where you put it on the ground. Yeah. And it it was oh, that's right, because it had the rumble in it, yeah. right? And it would move the controller. It would read your memory card. Ah, I see you're a fan of Castlevania. It was so imaginative. Like, it, was it like, tried everything at its disposal. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Ocarina of Time. Like, you know, it's tough, right? Like, the, the dungeons are incredible. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them. There's a lot of game there. Like, at the end of that game, you felt like you went on, like, a ridiculous adventure. And it's a game that lasted months. And so, mm-hmm. I don't like the worm is turned against it of, like, ah, oh, you know. It's well, it's not, yeah, it's not like people are against the game. It just, it, yeah. it was for years and years and years, it was just accepted. Like, no one even put up an argument against it. That's the best game of all time, I think obviously. It's still, like, the highest Metacritic of all time, you know, like, 98% or whatever, and it deserves that, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't, like, what makes it a little bit weird is it establishes template for 3D Zeldas that, you know, later 3D Zeldas would refine and be more accessible versions of it. And now we've got a different vision of what Zelda can be that's yeah. also taken the world by storm. So it puts Ocarina in a little bit of a weird spot. We didn't, you, like, John's list, by the way, has Baldur's Gate on it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which, it, it, like, there's an, it's another one where, like, so, okay. So Baldur's Gate 2 is generally considered the greatest computer RPG of all time. I've always had an affinity for the first one. I don't necessarily think it's a better game. So the difference between the two is Baldur's Gate 2 is urban. You're exploring a big city, and Baldur's Gate 1 is rural. Like, you're walking around woods in the wilderness, and just random stuff is happening to you. And so that vibe, like, I just really like it. Yeah. Um, 
but like yeah it's just weird like you just you just run into weird and random stuff that's what the game is <laughs> um there's some good stuff this year i mean starcraft they didn't even oh, talk about starcraft uh, <laughs> i mean starcraft is amazing I, I mean i grew up in in seoul at this time and starcraft was it's an under like I, a lot of people talk about. Oh, you know, like S- South Korea was obsessed with StarCraft and they pioneered esports with StarCraft. But like it was beyond that. Like there were bags of chips you can get with StarCraft <laughs> logos on them. Like it was it was pop culture in a way that I think abroad people only got the sports aspect of. But like it was it was everywhere. Posters lining the streets, bus ads. It was nuts. You couldn't escape StarCraft in Seoul. Oh man. I just replayed StarCraft 2. I just replayed it. I replayed StarCraft 1 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the campaign is still like really good. It still really holds up. The multiplayer is so stressful. So we have a short list then, mm-hmm. right? So it's Ocarina, Half-Life, Metal Gear Solid, StarCraft. 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 Let's just give it to all four. <laughs> I, I, I still think I would just pick Half-Life. In terms of I, I would today, too, and although although uh, hearing Matt talk about Metal Gear Solid we, is bringing back yeah. like floods of memories, yeah. I would give it, I would give it to Metal Gear Solid only because I think Half Life Two. It's another example of like mm. the sequel really sort of like y- y- you know it just it nails what the original was pioneering. We'll I mean, give it to we'll give it to Metal Gear and Half Life. Okay, all right. Ooh, Half Life and Metal Gear Solid. Do you remember how like you had to solve a puzzle by like reading the thing off the back of the <laughs> case, yeah. mm-hmm. and then if you rented the game, it's like, well, sorry, you're just no, you can't play anymore. <laughs> well, it brings us renting to games. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that brings us to the final game of the decade or final year, 1999, and we got the Dreamcast that, that mm. year, which means we also got Soul Calibur mm. on the Dreamcast. On PlayStation, there was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver Gran Turismo 2. Chrono Cross, but on PC we got EverQuest oh. and Unreal Tournament. Any other PC games you want to mention, John? System Shock 2. System Shock 2. Uh, for some reason I spelt it wrong. Homeworld, <laughs> um, which was, was sort of took the three, 3D aspect of a real-time strategy game and again kind of did what we were talking about, Descent. You could view it from any angle. Um, you mentioned Soul Reaver. That was on my list. Um, did you say Final Fantasy VIII? No, no, that wouldn't be on my short list. But yeah, I don't even mind. I mean, Plains- Planescape Torment is probably, probably. I don't know about to this day because we've gotten some really, really well-written mm-hmm. games. But for decades, I would have called it the best video game story, the most well-written video game ever, ever made. And you know, now we've gotten um, what's it called? The one that is embroiled in all that controversy now. Sorry, uh, which one? What the 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 game with the great writing? Um, <laughs> the PC game, the adventure <laughs> game, the isometric. Games. I know the name of it. I just can't remember it now. And the developer and the and oh, the, Disco Elysium. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like now that there's games like Disco Elysium, like maybe Planescape isn't the best video game story of all time anymore. Other, you know, Hades is really well written, but like it was for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few I just want to acknowledge that were this year because they were very good, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not necessarily game of the year material. Beetle Adventure Racing, Ooh. which a lot of people were like, what? But it was like the Need for Speed engine running on N64 with all Beatles, but it was like, it was the first kind of like, move, it was the proto Forza Horizon in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was great. Yep. It was really, really good. There was a big champion of that. Uh, we, you mentioned, did you mention Shenmue? That was this year? Not, not the best game of all time, but I mean, people still talk about it. Wipeout 3, which was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Driver, which was mm. another game that was like I'd never seen that done before. I mean, like it was a whole, 
Driver, in a lot of ways, is, is sort of the proto, like, modern GTA if with just the driving bits, right? Because it was a full city you were driving around, and it had that crazy physics model where they took what they'd done in Destruction Derby and dialed it up, and, like, it was muscle cars screeching around. Like, you you know, you could drift in that game. Mm-hmm. Do we miss GTA 3? Or is that 2001, That's, maybe? 2000, yeah, I think it's like, 2001. Yeah. Uh, well, we did miss the first GTA, I guess. But yeah. Um, and Age of Empires 2, which was a very good strategy game. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, it, it, these are all just sort of honorable mentions rather than than candidates for game of the. But there was again, it was a it was a, a phenomenal year with a lot of great stuff. I think I would nominate Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just tough though because like two and three yeah, the later and four, ones. like you know, they added manuals and they added the reverts. Like they added the stuff that like makes the game. Mm-hmm. The game I played the most of this year. Was Soul Calibur? Mm. Yeah, yes, I agree with that. We played it. No, I was on EGM at the time, and we every available moment we were playing Soul Calibur. Mm. It it feels almost like just an accident or serendipity, depending like depending on just your favorite fighting game of the '90s. It just kind of depends on which one you played the most. You yeah. know, there are some people who are like Tekken's my favorite video yeah. game, fighting game of the '90s, Street Fighter, or Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur had the ring outs, which are really oh, good. So like, far, such yeah. a good just element. And when people got game. good with Voldo and you yeah. do that freaky stuff and then push people out of the ring, yeah. and, like, people get so mad. Or Astaroth and you just, like, charge people off the ring. Yeah. I think character design-wise, Soul Calibur had a lot of the other fighting games beat. Like, Street Fighter has iconic characters, Ryu and Chun-Li, but they're, like, Kung Fu Person 1 and Kung Fu Person 2, you know? Yep. Soul Calibur had Voldo. Had it, it's yeah. so many Nightmare. Weird. They're so weird. They're just <laughs> so weird. So creepy. So cool. And then the alternate costumes got really weird. Mm. It did get weird. Tekken 3 was pretty good, though. I mean, I like 99 had secretly the best kart racing game, which was Crash Team Racing. Mm. Um, candidate for maybe greatest of all time. Maybe not greatest of all time, but like, up there. It's top three. Um, I don't, would, would all three of you pick Soul Calibur? I mean, System Shock 2, Unreal Tournament, Tony Hawk. Of that era, yeah. Soul Calibur and Pokemon Silver and Gold were my favorite games mm-hmm. of that year. And, like, Silver and Gold did that thing where they, you know, it was that sequel thing where they just took Red and Blue, which was already a worldwide phenomenon, and just made a better version of it. And it's great. Like, Pokemon were, controversial opinion, the Pokemon were better in Silver and Gold. Mm. You know? Um, your, you, one of your favorite games was that year. Oh, yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon was that <laughs> year. I've been replaying Roller Coaster Tycoon lately, and I'm trying to figure out since, like, I took my family to Disneyland. Yeah. And then it was like, is that what, like, is that, I don't know where it came from, but for some reason I was like, ah, yes, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, but it's still great. Like, I was just, holds up, right? Yeah, I was just telling John, A, it holds up. Like, it's not like, oh, it's good for its time or if you get over the clunkiness. Like, no, it's just, you can install it on good old games and play it. It's great. Um, but it also, like, it's so much game. And a lot of this, like, I have such a fondness for the night. I'm just going to, like, the 90s are better. I'm just going to come out. <laughs> for, like, video games, mm-hmm. just in the context of, like, there's a purity of gameplay and a purity of game design at that era. And the fact that, like, they'd release a game and then just an incredible sequel a year later. And Roller Coaster Tycoon is, you know, I don't know what it cost. But, like, it would run on any PC. Your potato PC would run it just fine. And it would be, like, 80 hours of video game. Like, it's all these games are, like, so generous with the gameplay, and it's pre-microtransactions and mm-hmm. pre-all the baloney that, like, you know, I understand that to have a team of a 1,000 people making a game, like, I get why we're in the reality that we're in now. But, like, you know, it's it's easy to see why you can look back. Like, think about all the incredible games and genres and 
diversity of gameplay that we've mentioned over this decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I am enjoying Roller Coaster Tycoon now. I, I would not, I would not give it the nod this year. Um, I'm gonna go Cell Calibur. I think I, I think I am too. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm fine with that. Is that you turning your nose up, Matt? No, I'm oh. absolutely <laughs> down. I'm, I love Soul Calibur. Banger fighting game series. I wish it would come back. I, I haven't seen yeah. it in a while. When, yeah, when was the last Soul Calibur? Six? Mm-hmm. Is that the one that had Yoda and like the different no, platforms? Which was w- the one that had where the different platforms had different spec because like there was Spawn, Yoda, and... So, yeah, they, st- during they the did game that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, they, then there was God of War, there was Kratos. They did oh, that for right. a few games. They yeah, did, okay. yeah. Uh, I think the most recent one was six, and I think the guest character for that one was... Ezio, I want to say, but that could I might be okay. missing one. Uh, the Yoda Darth Vader one was the PS3 era Soul Calibur game. Oh, wow. I don't remember what, five that might have been. Yeah, so Soul Calibur six was just 2018, so yeah. it hasn't been that long. Five okay. years ago. Five years? Wow. There's also a bunch of spin offs, I guess. Well, I mean, there you have it. That's uh, Game of the Year Watch for the 90s. Oh, just to recap, everybody. Re- yeah, let's recap all 10 of them. 1990 was a tie between Final Fantasy and Secret of Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. 91 is Super Mario World. 92 is Zelda Link to the Past. 93 is Doom. 94 was Super Metroid. 95 was Warcraft 2. 96 was a tie with Mario, F- Mario 64 and Quake. 97 was Symphony of the Night with an asterisk on Diablo. <laughs> 98 is a tie of Half-Life and Metal Gear Solid. And 1999 is Soul Calibur. I think That's we, pretty I, solid list. I think we did it. Yeah. I think we've and, done it too. And, like a bonus point for Soul Calibur is we kind of hosed Sega a little bit. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's yeah. nice to get them back in there. Yeah, it's true. Although, you know, it's Namco, but like you, you get the point. Well, it's good to finally have a definitive list of the best games of the 90s. <laughs> what about this? What about the, what was, what's the best game of the decade? If we were I don't want. I, want. <laughs> I, I I know I pick. I would pick Symphony of the Night for me. I mean, so we did a face-off that's had like uh, I think the face-off is nearing 1.8 million votes at this point on because we ran on the homepage for a long time, and I, I think it's I think Ocarina is yeah. winning or has won that. I mean, what's interesting is you ask that question is like Super Metroid's my favorite game ever made, but like for game of the '90s, there's something about like I'd probably give it to Mario 64. There's just something iconic about that transition to 3D and that launch of the N64, and that's also like that's the moment like playing that game is like I've got to do this for a living. It led me like this is (laughs) why I am where I am now. It's it's formative. Yeah, Symphony of the Night's probably just my personal choice, but I could totally see Mario 64 being. The most important game of the decade, certainly from console gaming's perspective. What a change over 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We started out with, you know, not even... In 99, you know, we didn't even have Super Mario World. We were Mega Man 3 and Castlevania 3. And then 99, you're at yeah. Soul Calibur. Yeah, by 99, you had Soul Calibur and Tony Hawk and, you know, like, yeah. unbelievable. Amazing. All right, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, John, it's Les in Northampton, UK? Northampton, yes. Northampton, UK. Let the questioning begin. I think the first question has to be, given the theme of the show, was this game from the 90s? Yes. Ah. All right, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Does this game have 3D graphics? Yes. Feels cheating, but was this game developed by Nintendo? No. Oh, okay. Did we talk about this game today? I'm so glad you asked that. No. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no. Is it a role-playing game? No. That's five. All right. Was this game made in Japan? Yes. 
Hmm. But not by Nintendo. What was your Nintendo? I asked if it was from Nintendo and it's not from Nintendo. Okay. It's a 3D game that we have not discussed today already. From Japan. We didn't talk about Colony Wars. (laughs) (laughs) That was English, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Colony Wars was very good. I meant, um, I didn't even mean Colony Wars. I meant, um, I meant the one that the Gran Turismo studio made. Um, Oh, uh, Zoe. Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Uh, The robot, flying robot one. That was pretty good. Was this game released on the original PlayStation? No. Oh, wait. Oh, okay, no. Um, you can't look at that list though. I, it's a game we didn't <laughs> mention. I well, we there are a lot of games on that list that we didn't mention. <laughs> I, you know? I understand. I just feel like that's a you're gonna get sucked in. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I was getting in. caught up. You're right. You're right. That's actually a good call. Um, and it wasn't. So it wasn't a role playing game. Not a role playing game made in Japan. Not. I would I would take from Nintendo as developed or published by Nintendo, not on the PlayStation. Could still still be on the N sixty four, or Saturn, or Saturn, or Dreamcast, or PC. Mm-hmm. But it's a three D. Or actually, or we said we narrowed it down to nineties, right? So it could be SNES. Yeah, technically, but unlikely, <laughs> unlikely because it's a three D game. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Was this game originally released on the N sixty four? No. <laughs> You doing to us? Over I'm here. feeling very out of my element now because we are not in comfort level territories for me. Well, but we know it's 3D. Yeah. We know it's 3D, and it's not in 64 and PS1. So we're getting there. So, so is, it, is it on the Saturn? The Sega Saturn? No. Okay, we're increasingly in trouble. What question are we on? You've asked nine questions. Question. Was this game released? I don't want. I want. <laughs> I don't want to keep doing this. This is a bad line of questioning. Uh. But we got to know. We got to know. Okay. Was it originally released on the Dreamcast? Yes. Oh, all right. Okay. That okay. is 10. It's Blue Stinger, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might, it, might, it, might be, it might be Blue Stinger. I don't know. I don't know who made that game. Uh, did this game spawn or part of an influential franchise? Mm, could, be well, could be Code what, Veronica. How, how can you be more specific? Is this, is this game, is, is this game a part, part of, of a, a big franchise? A big franchise. Like, a, you know, like, is it. Like, are they around today? No. Oh, okay. A lot of franchises are around today. Maybe it, like got, maybe it got some sequels, mm. but it's not part of a... Yeah. Okay, so also 99, it's got to be a launch-ish Dreamcast um, well, game. Well, yeah, I mean, there was, there's only one year of Dreamcast games, so there's a limited number of titles. It's Virtua Tennis. <laughs> it, it might be. Is this a sports game? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, Power Stone... I, I can't remember what was like early Dreamcast, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, early. I mean, <laughs> Blue Stinger, right? Uh, Soul Calibur, Sonic, uh, Choo Choo Rocket, but it wasn't 3D. We didn't talk uh, about Sonic. On yeah, the but show. it's not part of a main okay, like you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. You're right. Well, we we like name drop Shenmue, but we didn't really talk about it. We we called yeah, it. Yeah, we yeah. called it. Yeah, right. so it can't be Shenmue. Trying to think about that launch, I have the issue of EGM that you probably mm-hmm. ran with the orange cover that yeah. had like all twenty six or whatever yeah. launch games there was a, in it. There was a fishing game in there, but I don't remember what it was called because there was a fishing controller. Because I can remember getting a photograph taken of it on a fish stand. <laughs> That's right. We we flipped through that issue. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, that was what Sega Bass Fishing, right? Or yeah. was it a different one? No, that, 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 I'm pretty sure that was it. Okay, that was a launch game. Okay, but you said. 
you asked sports game, right? Yeah. And I would say fishing is a sport. Can we all agree to fishing is yeah. a sport? Well, I don't want to. I don't know that I want to open that can of worms. <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> um, yeah, fish, fishing is a sport. Um, we need to narrow the genre down, maybe. I don't know what's left. It's probably Blue Stinger. But I don't know, then Damon would have was a little cagey on the franchise question. It's you get you, you can get yourself into trouble if you're trying to interpret mm. Damon's response. Yeah, I mean it's not around today. Much. Or in the most recent years, I guess. Was it made by Sega? Yes. Oh. Uh Man. That might not have was been a launch game. Crazy Taxi before the end of the decade. Crazy Taxi might have been a launch game. Launch game. Because it was did, early. it was certainly early. They did, you know, they had all those, they had all those arcade, all those arcade Naomi ports. Yeah. Under Dreamcast. What about um, what's it called Samba de Amigo? Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, you sure, totally. I just don't know if that was launch or not. How many questions, Will? Twelve, thirteen. You've asked thirteen questions. Mm. I think it stands a pretty good chance of being Crazy Taxi, actually. Oh, we can narrow it down. We can get to it right away. Right. Is this game an arcade port? Yes. Do you, do you drive a taxi? No. Oh, oh. 15. <laughs> um, was, there was a Daytona USA launch, right? That's a sports game. I would call that a sports game. Yeah. If fishing's a sport, then racing's a sport. I guess. I mean, just because it has a car. Well, yeah, like, I mean, Daytona's I different. I don't make the rules. <laughs> what, else, what were the arcade, arcade ports? ports. So was there a Virtua Fighter? Like, we talked about Soul Calibur. Maybe there was like Virtual Fight. I don't know the franchise. Four or five. Power Stone. No, but that was Capcom. Power Stone was Capcom. Did Sega ever make a? Oops. <laughs> what? I've I've misanswered a question. I've just realized. Oh, can you clarify? This game was not made by Sega. Oh. Does that mean it's Power Stone? It's probably Power Stone. It's Power Stone. Hey! God damn it. <laughs> hey. I'm glad. <laughs> we would have. I don't think you need to, I, We would have gotten it. We would have gotten it. You had mentioned it, and I was gonna. Yeah. Oh. Power Stone. Yeah, you're right. Oh it was God. Capcom. I, I remember I Power Stone looking much better than this. Right? <laughs> you watch this know. footage. That's what Dreamcast games looks like. No, I really, I really like Power, Power Stone. And there's weird DNA for Smash Brothers mm-hmm. in Power yeah. Stone mm-hmm. because it's a fighting game, but it, but it's not a fighting game. It's a party game. Yeah. And, but then it masquerades as a fighting. But the game. fact that you could like tear things out of the environment right. and throw it, and because it was also like kind of proto like late 3D wrestling games as well. Yeah, like it, that's what I always liked about it. It's like every other fighting game locked you in. You were you know you were locked in with your other fighter. Whereas mm-hmm. Power Stone, you could just run all around and be crazy yeah that era of capcom had like the best 2d illustrators out of oh, any yeah. japanese studio right during that time like anytime they would show like ads for a capcom game they so would cool. just hand drawn illustrations works of art yep yeah, all the street fighter alpha mm-hmm. like two and three art from that era is so good and yeah, marvel vs. capcom stuff yep and power stone got one sequel <laughs> i'm shocked it only got one yeah they did some sort of like we I don't know, like maybe maybe they didn't maybe it got the sequel and that was it all it ever got but I thought it came back in some other weird way uh, there was a like, collection on PSP mm. but it was were just there the first ever any games. characters that they passed into other franchises not really right yeah, tell us Damon yeah. <laughs> yeah, surely you know Capcom, <laughs> Capcom occasionally does like fan servicey stuff for like their mobile games you know yeah. like they would reference like a lot of Darkstalkers characters whenever right. they do a mobile no, but there was games. the main dude in in Power Stone in the red jumpsuit that I would have expected to have shown up in a street fighter mm-hmm. alpha or something at some point you know maybe in that in the capcom cinematic universe yeah 
Well, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion, Less in Northampton, UK. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, you can email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IG.com. And that's going to do it for this special 90s edition of Gamescoop. I'm glad the stars align and Justin just happened to be in town. He could be here with us today. Uh, thank you also to both John and Matt. Thank you to Tom working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. fun yep call me for early 2000s week next time (laughs) hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.